0: Welcome to the Sowing Hope podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Anne DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Sewing Hope podcast. I am Bill Snyder. It's great to be with you this evening, no matter where you're listening to us from. Thank you so very much for joining in. And as always, I'm joined by my friend Ann DeSantis, and we are here um, on a uh, another winter e- evening here for you all. And our and our guest is uh, joining us today from Paradise. Um, he is a good friend of mine and also our ministry here at Patch for Cart Ministry. Uh, I, we're so blessed to be joined by Bear Wozniak uh, today. He is suffering in paradise, as he likes to say, uh, from Hawaii. So how are you both, uh, Ann and Bear, this evening?
1: Well, Bill, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm so excited for this podcast and have been for several weeks now as we have uh, bear wasnick ewtn host and world surf champion you can learn about him at deepadventure.com so i just invite our audience to please go to his website and learn about the great work that he's doing bear
0: welcome to sewing hope
2: aloha welcome to you from waikiki beach <laughs>
0: Yeah, we're buried in snow in Wisconsin, and you got lots of snow. And uh, we just saw the view from Bear's window, and we're very jealous. All <laughs> of both of us are rather jealous.
2: And there's a rising south swell coming right now. I can see it on the, you know, the Surf News Network webcam is in my house. So while everyone else is checking their computers to see if they should be here, I can see it, and I can jam out and get there before everybody else gets in the water. You know, so God's been good, and we're right next to St. Augustine's by the Sea Catholic Church. I can look basically right down on top of the altar from my condo. So awesome. Mm -hmm. Wonderful.
1: Wow. I would love to visit there someday. And we're we're
2: having a a deep adventure quest retreat December 7th through 11th here in Waikiki.
1: Oh, really? Oh my goodness. families
2: Families are invited. Yeah.
1: So for people who are listening right now and thinking, Hmm, sounds good. So they, would they go right to your website to sign up?
2: Yeah, they go there and, um, there's a, there's a, if they subscribe to my email, they'll get all the information on the retreat, but you know, it's cool. We have the whole family comes and then, uh and then we have like cigar night. Bill and I love to have our cigars and we'll have our cigar night uh, with the men. And then cities, my wife will teach the women, uh, ULA and bring families too, because we're going to have all, all of our sessions down by the beach. So parents can take turns watching the kids if they're out frolicking and then we're all going to have short, you know, short, like, we're pow every day with our sessions by 11 a.m., and then we got everything you could imagine people can do. And we'll have some organized things and some some disorganized things, but people come out here and surf. And But, so, you know, recreation is also the word recreation. So coming and taking a time out with your family is a great way to reconnect with them and to go deeper with the Lord, too, and, and get to know a lot of great people.
0: Yeah, just just great stuff, Bear. Um, so we one of the things we love to do on this uh program is we love to talk about our faith journeys. And we and we and we like to ask our guests to just share their whatever portion of their faith journey that they want to share, whatever the Lord puts on their heart. Um, to kind of kick off the show. That's what we've always kind of done and then we let the Holy Spirit take the lead from there. But uh but but, but I but I know so much of your story. You've you, you know, you've done so much, uh, so I'd just love to know what, what the Lord's impressing on your heart tonight to share with our audience.
2: Well, you know, it's kind of, I have a friend of mine, he's a big wave rider. We call him Crazy Todd. He towed my son into 85-foot waves, and he said, you know, you can tell it's a big wave when you're looking at the helicopter that's filming you, and it's down below. Uh, and I taught him to say something. I taught him when I first kind of, he was a big wave rider, but not really known to the public, and I brought him out to Florida for an event. And it's the people going to come up and ask for your autographs. So when they ask you a question, tell us about your life. I want you to say, "There I was, blonde, blue-eyed, bronzed and buff, and in my prime." <laughs> so that's why I'll start off. Start off. <laughs> like, that's good. More, but um, you no, know, I was raised a surfer kid in California, Santa Cruz, and, and like most surfers, you make your pilgrimage to to Hawaii. And of course, once I came once, I started coming every year, then twice a year, then six times a year. And I moved here about a little over twenty-five, I think twenty-three years ago. Moved here, and my mom and dad had actually lived, moved here too. They were in Molokai, so my dad was a deacon, where Saint Damien and Saint Mary ministered, and Saint Damien and Saint Mary uh, uh museum is just below my house too. So, you no, know, my I was raised as a, as a Catholic, and. Very much loved studying uh, when the nuns would come and teach us catechism. And I just very much loved it. But I always wanted to get closer to the Lord, but I didn't understand how to do that. I just thought of it as, you know, if you do religious acts, it'll please God. But I didn't know that you could have a personal relationship until um, one day my mother said, hey, there's this prayer, this Catholic charismatic prayer group I, I, I've i been going to a, a few times and I'd like for you to go. And I go, I don't know. And she goes, if you go, I'll buy you a new pair of blue jeans. And I was a poor college kid. So I said, okay, I'll go. And she said, besides, there's a couple of cute girls there. So I go there and I see these people and it's legit. It's in someone's living room, but there's a priest and some nuns. And it was just totally uh, beautiful. It was probably the most beautiful thing I'd ever experienced. The, the, the genuine love that they showed to the Lord when they praised, when they sang, when they worshiped. Um, it's like the Holy Spirit was there. And what was interesting to me is like when I would pray, it was usually in the shower or something. I'd pray. And I'd feel like my prayers bounced off the ceiling, you know. But there it seemed like they were actually having a dialogue almost with the Lord. Like there was a real communion taking place. So I said, you know, I really would like to have what you guys have. So, and I thought they would say, oh, good. We'll pray with you. Come, come on. You can, we'll pray with you right now. They you get no. Know, you really need to think about it because this is like committing your whole life to the Lord. This is an all or nothing thing. And they suggested that I read, I think like the second chapter of Acts and a couple, a couple other books and maybe the few cha- first few chapter of Acts. And, and then the next week, when I came back, I didn't know that they had fasted that day, but the night before I had that experience of being prayed over, I was, I fell asleep in my college apartment and I had this dream that Jesus was walking down the second floor kind of balcony towards my, my, my doorway. And I was so thrilled that I just leaped up and he walked in the, you know, opened the door. And when he walked in, I just fell at his feet and held his, held his feet. And it was like, just so real. Like it was just like, it raised my expectancy, but still I had no idea what, uh, what, I had no expectations, really, just that I really wanted to give my life to the Lord. So after the prayer meeting, we went, we, we, we did the thing where you, we went to another room and they prayed over me and a young woman that was next to me that was visiting, visiting with us. And when they prayed for me, I just felt this incredible infusion of God's love. I, I don't know how to describe it. It was like warm, liquid love just flowed into me. And I knew that 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 Jesus was real, that he loved me. And I've been on fire ever since. I mean, I've had my ups and downs. But um, I know, way down in my nowhere, I knew that Jesus was real and that He loved me, and I knew the and I understood the gospel. It's like I got it all; I figured it all out, almost right there. And uh, and so I became an evangelist. I I would lead so many people to to the Lord when I was in college. I was obnoxious. If you were sitting in the school cafeteria alone, you were in trouble because I was going to sit with you. And uh, but actually, quite literally, I would buy people a little necklace with the Holy Spirit on it when they gave their life to the Lord. And the bookstore had to keep putting them on back order for me, you know, because that fire of evangelization. But then, you know, what happened to me is I was going to Baylor University. It's a Baptist university. And all the Christians that I knew there were sola scriptura, sola fide, you know, by faith alone. And you only need to know the scripture. And I would want to go deeper with the Lord. So I'd be reading books by people that were written less than three or four hundred years ago. You know, and I just thought I always thought, well, there was Jesus and then the Bible fell out of the sky and then there was nothing written till then till now, which is like I didn't know I had been under catechized. And this is before the new catechism had come out. And so I went into non-denominational land, as I like to say, and had incredible encounters, a lot of really bad stuff, too. You know, like there's kind of a personal agendas that were being as people because people are there and people are people kind of get prideful, but I met so many great and beautiful people. And I had a real severe back injury in college Mm. while I was training for martial arts. And, um, it really severely limited anything I could do. And it was in the, when I was in in a non-denominational in that non-denominational world that I was prayed over. Uh, and I was miraculously healed of a really painful debilitating back problem. And, uh, so I praise God for my Christian brothers and sisters out there that, that are not uh, with, with the Catholic Church right now. But because of that, by the way, that's how come I'm a world champion. I, I lift my wife uh, in very extreme lifts overhead when we surf. And so that that miracle of my, being, my back being healed, which I could have never have done that, um, kind of opened up the door for when I'm weak, then he is strong. And, and I won this world title, which opened the door for ministry and for writing a book and getting it published by a major publisher and then on and on and on. But uh, my dad and mom continued in the Catholic Church, and my dad became a deacon. And at one point, about 15 years ago, uh, maybe 20 years ago, I was introduced to Scott Hahn's book on the Mass. So I said, "Okay, the Mass is yeah, the Mass sounds like that's probably the real thing." But still, I didn't. I, I would sometimes wander into the back of the church and watch Mass, you know. But then I read Stephen Ray's book, "Crossing the Tiber." My dad sent it to me. And I just have, I mean, I have all these volumes of, you know, I Bill knows I have volumes and volumes of the early church fathers. Once I found the early church fathers and understood that the primitive church was a Catholic church, that it looked like the one I went to as a child. And when at the moment, when I read Justin Martyr's uh, description of the epiclesis, I think it's what it's called. And I go, yeah, it's pretty much word for word. What I hear in mass when the, when the Eucharist is being prayed over. And so I came roaring back to the Catholic faith, just so certain, of the magisterium of the church. And the, and then I picked up the catechism. I read it cover to cover. I read it cover to cover many times, but I, I the more I read, the more I was just more and more relaxed about reading it because I didn't have, it seems like, like when I'd watch, listen to Protestant radio, so much good stuff, but he had to kind of bob and weave through the bad stuff, you know, pull out what you could. The catechism, I was just more and more convinced I could relax and just soak it up, because if this is true, then that is true. And if that's true, then this this is true. And the syllogy going from the history of the early church fathers, the scriptures, what the Catholic church gave us. And, of course, I love Augustine's love for uh, Platoistic philosophy and Aquinas' love for Aristotle. And I go, dude, they just, they just got it all. And so there was that time in college when I, I gave my life to the Lord, and then I had that time. I don't really say that I left the church. The church wasn't there for me. I was ready to, for some, I was ready. I was there. I was in the church, but no one came to me and said, this is how read these books. This is how you go deeper. This is our faith. It was like I had just the shallowest, shallowest experience in terms of faith seeking, understanding. I had a deepest experience in terms of the spiritual awakening. And so I'm just so grateful. I found, then I found the EWTN network and, uh, and I wrote my, I was writing my book. And before long, I was on the EWTN network. So I, <laughs> that's got to be just the Holy Spirit's action plan.
1: Yeah, that's incredible. I love your story. And I'm sure there's a whole lot more than what we're hearing.
2: So yeah, I just my, want. <laughs> my book, Deep in the Wave of a Surfing Guide to the Soul, uh, was a, published by Hachette. It was a bestseller for a short time. Um, that book describes the blood and guts of it. And, uh, and most people can relate to many parts of that book because we're all living a rocky balboa sort of life you know
1: oh wow you you just said a word that i i can definitely uh understand because i'm a philadelphian and i love rocky and i love that
0: that's right that's
1: right all the way so love those art museum steps and i know bill does too oh yeah
2: would never go to the <laughs> art museum but i like the steps <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and you, maybe you
1: like the statue too you have to yeah. check out the oh, statue yeah. sometime yeah. i don't yeah. know if you've ever been have you ever been to philadelphia before not
2: since the statue came up
1: okay yeah you have to visit sometime oh, give you a tour we'll give you a tour my husband and i <laughs> so but it, you, you're doing such beautiful work and and god the holy spirit has just led your life and um Tell us more, also about you, your wife, and your your family mission. We'd love to hear.
2: Okay. I, I, did, I told my my iPad not to take calls, but it, it did. I'm sorry. Well, I tell you, I went through. If you read my book, Deep Adventure: The Way of you No, know, the Way Deep in the Way of a Surfing Guide to the Soul, I'm pretty tra- transparent about how much I love my children and and uh, those early days of my life. But my my first marriage ended, ended in a divorce and an annulment. And uh, it was very confusing to me because all I wanted in my life was to be memorized. I remember when I was in social studies class and after lunch in high school and it's just the most boring teacher, you know, and suddenly during that very boring moment, I have an epiphany that I could be a father. I could bring into life an eternal being. And from that moment, every decision I made about not going to parties, working two jobs, going to college, Everything since that moment till now has been by, about my kids. And so I really went through a lonely time in my marriage and a very lonely and confused time afterwards. And um, just kind of interesting, isn't it, how the Lord, you abandon yourself to the Lord and you don't know. You just don't know the dead ends. Uh, when I first met my wife, Cindy, she shared with me a country western song that is the, all the broken roads that led me to you. I think is how it goes. And, um, and that was true of her and it was true of me. And we I used to go out to Florida, they would have me come out and do exhibitions or compete in tandem surfing. And I would compete at the largest um, nonprofit surf event in the world there in Cocoa Beach. would be they said a quarter of a million people come to the beach that weekend there. And Cindy was going through a time, this was I met her about five six years ago, but she was going through a time when she had been taking care of your mother for eight years who had fourth stage cancer. And a niece who now we call her Hanai daughter, Hawaiian word, um, who she cared for after the mother died. And so she had no life. She was totally just self, self-donation. self But on Sundays, she would go down to the beach. She would drive in from Orlando to the beach, just kind of have her sanity. And one day, uh, she could tell better than me, but she was sitting on the beach and, and all of a sudden – the whole crowd got up and moved from the south side of the pier to the north side. And she goes, what's going on? And she goes over there. And it's really what it looks like is you see these big, strong men coming down to the beach with a big board and they just kind of put it down on the beach. Like back in those days, it had to be longer, but you know, 11 to 12 foot long surfboard and just boom, putting it in on the beach. And then these athletic women coming down and she's like, what is that? You know? And, uh, and they saw us paddle out together, and she goes, what, "What, what is that? And then you see us turning and paddling and doing these magnificent, beautiful, acrobatic lifts. Like, I won my world title when my partner stood on my shoulders, did a handstand, wrapped her arms around my my arms, and then kicked up into a handstand. And then second move, rolled her feet even further over. She's arching with her feet lower and then flipping down onto the board and then doing a one-arm back and spinning her in my hands and having her do an arm uh, handstand on my on my forearm it's just amazing what these women can do and uh and so she said I want to know more about that so every time we would come to town she would come to town she would come and watch but we never met I was the leader I was one making it all happen maybe because I was busy she never met me but she would come and watch me teach but after her mother passed away and the little girl about the same time had left home she was down at the beach I think it was on I think it was 2015 or 16 or 17, I forget, on Easter Sunday, um, someone said, hey, um, we're doing an exhibition or a contest, and they said, hey, Bear's on the beach, She's teaching people, if you want to surf in the contest, come on down, and she ran down and she said, pick me, pick me, so (laughs) this is kind of a cool story, I think it it talks about it and women. So I taught her and there was another guy there that said, I know I'm a tandem surfer. So I coached them and they went out and I could see he was really struggling. And then they wanted to come. And then I, by that time, I'd kind of rented a house out there because I was starting all kinds of ministry stuff on the mainland. So I was kind of there. And it was so cool. The way it happened is he would drop her and hurt her. I would coach them about once or twice a week. She'd drive in from Orlando and, I could see eventually that it wasn't her fault. And I could see that immediately that he had a real problem surfing. And so I, I said, Hey man, let's you and I go surfing. When he just went out and solo surfed, I realized he had no business trying to be a tandem surfer. So I said, you're not allowed to surf with her anymore. You're going to hurt her. And the number one job of the tandem surfer is to protect the woman, right? The number one job of every man is to protect the woman. And uh, she had kind of had that same conversation with him. So I saw them out in front of my condo going paddling out, and sure enough, he fell she he kind of dropped her on the board and then fell on top of her. And I went out. And I saw this, I had gotten to see this valiant woman over those two and a half months of never complaining, always cheerful, always hopeful, always trying hard to make to be a good team member. And at one point, you guys, I said to her, you know what? You remind me of this nun. I'm like, what? Yeah, Mother Angelica, what? And then I showed her a picture, and there's this old, older woman, right? Because of her valiant and, her, and her fiery spirit, you know? And at one point I said, you kind of remind me of my mom because of her fortitude. And she's like, I'm you of a nun or a mom, you know? But, but when she came out of the water after him falling on her, she was rubbing her shoulder. And she was tearful, as I could see, even with the salt water coming off of her face. Um, but she wasn't letting him see. She didn't want to demean him in any way. But I just I told him not to surf with her. So I pointed at her and waved her to come to me. And I grabbed my board and we paddled out. And we did three different overhead lifts on three consecutive waves. And I said, you'd be my tandem partner. And we dominated the next contest. In fact, surfing that contest, they, uh, they said, they, I always wanted to jump out of a helicopter into a contest. Never seen it done. Don't know why it was in my mind. But this guy walks up to me, hey, you guys want to jump out of the helicopter into the contest? I go, hello, yeah. So that first contest, they, we, they picked us up in a helicopter. All of our competitors thought, dude, they're gone. They're missing their heat. We're going to win. And then this helicopter comes by and Cindy and I jump out and my son's got my tandem board out there and, and she destroyed the competition. She was, we got more waves than all the other teams combined. And, and so she became this wonderful joy. She's full of, she's, she's wise. She's so mature emotionally. She's uh, always looking for the good of other people. She's uh, she's she gets me. She's for me. She's wind beneath my wings, and I don't know how I ever lived without her. And and she's the treasure treasure of my life. And so we got we got married, and we've been. I got her figured out to move back. Oh, here I don't know if you can see this on camera. Cindy so just brought this to me. What? That's us jumping out of the helicopter. Oh, is it? Oh, look at that.
1: Okay, they can't see, but yeah.
0: A weekend. That's
1: yeah, awesome. that's right.
2: So that, that's right. So she has so much insight into my ministry. But when I met her, it was interesting because she came into the house at one point. I was trying to show them video of what their what their problem what their issues were. His issues were with surfing, and she was up. She was kind of upset because she had just had a phone call from one of her friends, and she walks in a in this little condo I had rented, and she goes, "Sometimes somewhere, some man's going to teach men how to be men again." And I go, you don't know what I do, do you? <laughs> so it's like the Lord just gave her that mantle right then to put up with me and and help serve serve the Lord in this ministry. So it's something we do together for sure.
0: Yeah, no, your ministry is amazing, Bear, and uh, you know you you do so very much. Uh, I that uh, many other ministries, you know, just can't or won't do. And you know, I mean, for those of for those of our listeners who don't know, Bear has a uh, weekly. Radio show on the EWTN uh, radio network, uh, which is what five five hundred plus stations around the world or something ridiculous. Can you believe like that? that? No. It's it's crazy. Those, ra-
2: those radio people are amazing. They every one of those station, those people that run those stations, every one of them. I don't think any of them had radio background. It's just one day the Holy Spirit kind of said, "Hey, hey, you got a minute?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I said, "You know, they started a radio station." So praise God for. Their faithfulness—they're stepping yeah. out of faith.
0: Yes, and then of course you do the the long ride home, which you absolutely have to tell people about because it's uh, a wonderful part. Why did you tell been on it? You tell uh, him. I know. Yes, I've been on it. Uh, you know, as as the Bear's a yeah. sound guy, uh, but but it is an incredible, incredible uh, long ride home. And he actually took me home. Uh, you bear, you took me back to Milwaukee. Uh, right. I, That's right. I uh, I flew into Cleveland and joined you uh, for a section. Of the long ride home shoot, uh, what was it La- two summers ago, right? Two summers ago, right? Yeah, because right. last right, riding, riding
2: motorcycles, we should tell them, riding motorcycles,
0: yep. yep, riding motorcycles. Uh, and it's it's a it really is a beautiful ministry because you know, filming a reality TV series is is, is always demanding, there's always moments of demand, and just you know, you're constantly going from you know, 6 a.m. To, to midnight, it's earlier than six. Oh, I know it is, yeah. but. For, no.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's the most demanding shoot. I have a friend of mine David Pooh, who's usually voted in the top 50 action photographers in the world and he came out and helped me here in Hawaii and he left after 6 days and said it's the hardest shoot he's ever been on. Yeah. Cuz we don't have a budget. You know, EWTN provides about a third of our budget and the rest is just miracle fund- funding. So we just we we're, were lean and mean. We got great we got good equipment, we have great people, but everybody's volunteering and so you know what most people would take three months to do, we will do in in less than three weeks.
0: So. Yep, and, and yeah. you know, and you really do it. And what's and what's incredible is the 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 spiritual journey you take men on, right? You really take men on a spiritual journey, and it's not just the men riding the motorcycles. It's the it's the cast, it's the crew, it's it's everything in in this. You know, you're you're uh, totally invested in making this experience something for the cast the crew and and uh the viewers the end viewers to to know god in you know i mean i, I don't know how many series are now released how many seasons are released on uh amazon and and uh all the different networks ew10 and everything
2: oh okay so we're on the armed forces network and on prime video yeah but we have we have two seasons released to prime video so people can this is the way with women the mama bears out there, we call them mama bears, uh, who are wanting to reach their men, whether it's a son or a husband or a brother-in-law or whatever, get, get, catch, watch TV with them once and just turn on long, long Ride Home. You have to do a Long Ride Home with Bear Wozniak because there's other Long Ride Home things out there. And then watch have them watch the first five minutes of Long Ride Home and they'll be hooked. They'll want to power watch the whole series. And in the process of us showing these real gritty men on a real adventure, uh, the gospel is communicated, but not like by talking heads. It's done by it really happening. And what's an interesting, Bill, when we film Long Ride Home, in season three, should we'll be delivering that to EWTN within, within about a month. And so that should air soon. And uh, then we'll throw it up our, on Prime Video right away. And by the way, we've already filmed um, five more seasons. Because I wanted to do, I wanted to film it all while we had the same crew and the same cast. It's usually about 18 people involved in the whole shoot so we went from we went year to year to year we filmed but and we got so much uh, in the can that we've got about five more seasons after this one airs three of them are in hawaii and two of them are kind of it when bill was with us on the upper peninsula and that and, and there but when we do that we call it the holy spirit action plan because i have a sense before we leave what the theme's going to be but every day i was on other, other another reality show i created a concept called clean break and they that was on the fox the old fox network and so i was had a my i was the mentor in that show and i got to watch how they did a reality show it's like they call it like an immersive reality show we won four uh Italy awards for it so it's a legit quality my sons shane and joshua are the main force behind it uh in the the production and the editing and all of that but but when we when i when i would get up in the I kind of have a sense of what the Lord wants to do, but I watched on that reality show how there was a guy who was the writer of the show writing constantly all the time we were filming and I went up and started talking to him. And of course I'm, I'm the writer of our show, but I realized what he was doing. He was picking up themes, what was happening and making sure it was carried forward in the following, uh, day. And so I learned a little bit more than that. It was like surfing the wave of the Holy spirit. What are you doing, Lord? And suddenly just this certain person would show up on just out of nowhere. uh, Something would happen. And I knew to be clued into that because I had a sense of what the Lord was doing. And then you just go with that. So we had so many amazing things happen, just amazing things happen on our ride um, that I know was the Holy spirit bringing those, bringing us to cross paths. They had a message for us and we had a message for them sometimes. And it was just beautiful. The hardest thing I've ever done though. Winning a world title was easy compared to this. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. And people say, So when you're out there, do you do you ever come under spiritual attack? And I always insist, no, because we're on the attack. We might be experiencing some resistance, but we're out, we're on the offensive.
0: Yeah. And you know, it's true because every diner that we would stop at. And, you know, every you can say it. Cracker Barrel. Yeah. Well, Cracker Barrel was one of them. (laughs) But but no, there were some small little diners up in the UP that we stopped at, too. And, and, you know, we're sitting there and we're filming in in the uh, in this restaurant, bringing the equipment in and doing little little spots here and there. And these people have had, you know, no idea that we're coming. They've had no clue that we're getting ready to show up. And and film and here we are and then we're evangelizing on top of it you know you're like asking the waitress tell us tell us about you know your relationship with God and tell us about this and that and they're like what (laughs) you know and it's but it's awesome yeah
2: but she was I remember that one waitress yeah that was a special moment in her life it was something really yeah yeah uh, and we do guerrilla shoots and which means we don't have any (laughs) permits we don't we just show up and shoot and then if. Like we were shooting at this one gas station, one of the guys go. People go, "Well, what are you guys doing?" "Oh, we're filming an EWTN TV show." And I go, "No, no, no. We're it's it's a home movie for our motorcycle club, you know, right. <laughs> because we don't have the and then oh, I got to film it, it in for EWTN. I got to call the corporate office right now, and then they they go in and we're gone, right? So it's it's really uh, you have to have a it's it's like it's like running a show with a Navy SEAL team, but the beauty of that is. People who have been on on other types of sets have said they would never get the they would never get what we what we get on film because by the time they set up the cameras and everything the moment's over and we're as soon as we stop at a gas station it's 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 action so
1: exciting wow I can imagine what it would be like to be on set and and just watching everything yeah uh, two weeks you ago. wouldn't want to
2: be <laughs> <laughs> because you wouldn't
0: be watching or sitting. Yeah, no. Saying,
1: Go do this. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yep. And two weeks before, two weeks before you're getting married. By the way, yes. <laughs> was it really okay? It was two weeks yeah. before I got married. It was. Uh, yeah. Bear, Bear said you, you got to come and do this. I'm like, I'm getting married. Yeah,
2: yeah but it was. It was. We, it had was wonderful. Last, we had a last minute, and we. I wanted. You know, Bill's been working with me for a long time in radio, and I didn't. I just really wanted him to come. And, and you did. And and one thing about Bill Snyder, he's the most faithful man you'll ever meet. I mean, oh just, yeah. Absolutely word. Yeah. He's a know, pain in the neck though, you know, but <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. No, he's yeah. grace. He's grace and always ready and willing and able. So I, I that's love that's right. When
1: yeah. I- I'm blessed to work with you, Bill. And, um, and, and so blessed to have you as a guest bear. And, uh, so your story is just incredible. And, um, is there anything new that's happening this in 2021 that you want to share with us that's going on the next few months?
2: Well, you know, I want to say about that, what you just mentioned about to see what the Lord does. You know, we have a creed at deep adventure. Uh, our creed is that the most radical thing you can do in life is abandon yourself to the wild adventure of God's will. And we believe, um, that to be true. And so for us right now, we're, we're in a state where we're, we're just kind of doing post-production on all of our TV shows and doing our radio shows and, and, uh, we got a lot. We got some things planned for this year. Like I said, we're excited about our retreat in December, but we're we're doing a little bit of a road trip this year, um, going out and speaking at men's conferences and things like that. But some men who watch our ministry, they'll go like, you know what? I get torn between going on about having adventures and, and being a father. You know, I get in my, you know, I get torn between those two things, and and I go, dude, you know, you're dude. The most the greatest adventure you could have is be a father and be a husband. That's the great adventure, is to abandon yourself to God's will. But when you do seek the Lord and uh, seek to do his will, as far as living in a virtuous life, but also even more specifically, Lord, this person seems downcast. Should I go talk to them? Or, Lord, I think I'm going to write a book, or I'm going to go teach Sunday school, or I'm going to run for school council, or I'm going to homeschool. When you're in God's will, you're like, under the spout where the water comes out, you know, you, you get to see God move because when you're out there on the outside of his will, you're, you know, you don't get to see it, but when you're right there, you're, you're propelled. It says those who are led by the spirit, it's like the wind, right? You're just propelled in situations. We see it all the time, don't we Cindy? All the time. We went to mass the other morning and the church was closed and we ended up meeting this really cool guy from Hong Kong, you know, and then the next day we're sitting for coffee and, I felt the nudge to go and talk to someone. And I mean, it's just always, Jeff Cavins does a beautiful job of that too. He and his pack of bikers are gnarly guys, probably the gnarliest of all. And, uh, but when they show up at a restaurant, when they're done riding, they're minute, They're open, not, not just being obnoxious, but being ready to sh- be ready to share the word in season, the right word at the right time in the right place, in the right way, with the right witness, credible
0: witnesses, yeah, you know, you know, talk about that because I know you, um, you know, the, the the word witness is you know is certainly powerful, um, especially in. Um, I I know you have that word talk story. You you know you use that an awful lot on your radio show. Uh, you know, tell people like what that witness what 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 that witness means. You know, and you know when you're faithful to witnessing to to the gospel and being ever ready, almost like the you know Energizer Bunny, ready to go at any yeah. moment. To tell people what that means, because I think in the Hawaiian tradition, there's there, there's something really powerful about that talk story.
2: Yeah, I remember when when our whole family first came to the Lord, they, they would say, "Well, no, you need to be a witness." And Dad goes, "Like, am I gonna see am I gonna see a car accident?" You know, he might. Dad has a strange sense of humor. Going to be a witness. Well, that that brings out a couple thoughts in my mind. First of all, talk story is the Hawaiian tradition of uh, of of you know when you go down to the beach afterwards the. The uh, Beach Boys are there, the, especially our, our Kapuna, our older Beach Boys. But when you talk story, you sit and you and you talk about the wave, you talk about the past, you just talk story. That's the Hawaiian word. And that's really when you think about the Bible, it's written like that. It's a talk story for the most part. It's not like that's why Augustine was like, man, this is nothing like uh, the Manichaean philosophy. You know, I mean, this is like a bunch of stories, you know. But life is a story. Like Life isn't meant to be an adventure. Okay, Like Anne and I were talking about earlier, the Rocky Balboa. I don't know one person that isn't. Because I was vulnerable in my book, the first book, Deep in the Wave, A Surfing Guide to the Soul. People feel free to be vulnerable with me. And when we walk into that church, and I see in the pews the mama bear sitting there with a wedding ring on and no man with her. Or I see the older woman who's obviously a widow, but she's praying the rosary. I've learned, and you know this as radio people, if you ask anybody, if you really want to listen, you're going to hear pain and adversity and hopefully an overcoming and experiencing what a life of faith can do. Everyone listening to this right now is is facing adversity. But the beautiful thing is that Jesus said, be of good cheer. (laughs) facing some adversity, maybe a lot. I had cancer radiation this year. That was a lot, you know, be of good cheer because why I've overcome the world. And when we do get to, uh, when we do go through this adversity, it strips off all the junk we don't need. Right. Like any, every athlete knows when I'm training for a world title, you know, I'm getting rid of all the extra stuff in my life that I don't need to be doing. You know, it's all focused on training and so when you when you when you are wanting to be a witness when you want to grow in that life in the lord you have to um going through the adversity is where your witnessing where your witness comes from right it gives you the credibility to say this isn't just puff i went through this with the lord and this is his faithfulness to me but i want to say something else about that word witness and that is that i'm seeing a lot of people today especially i see i'm, I'm because I'm, I'm a lot of men you know Are involved with my ministry. I'm seeing, you know, the word witness right in the Latin is the word martyr. Mm. And I'm seeing many people these days who, not like what's happening, you know, in the Middle East and in China or in Africa where people are being martyred. But I'm seeing in the Western world, there's a martyrdom taking place now. For those who are standing for the moral teaching and their faith in Jesus. I know, like, for example, one gentleman, more than one, who they said, OK, we, you know, you're doing great work for us. We really would need you to be on the Rainbow Committee this year. And them saying, you know, it's not consistent with my faith. And it's not like you're fired, but it's like your career ends. You know, no more, no more. In fact, I know in one case, it was just kind of he was gradually squeezed out. But um, but there's there's when you're standing up, not being obnoxious, but just hold, stand your ground. When someone uh, starts, starts speaking in a belittling way about Jesus or about the moral teaching that we hold so dear, stand your ground and be willing to pay the price for sharing. When someone decides they're going to open up their mouth and say something that you don't agree with, they've given you the right to respond. And so stand your ground. Whether it's in your work or with your friends, or or, and I just think we need to do more than that. We need to do more than just stand ground. We need to take back the lost ground we've had, and I think we do that by people entering into the public arena. I'm not the guy who's going to run for office, but people running for political office or getting involved on your church board, men teaching, helping to teach confirmation classes, women homeschooling. We need to go one step further in, and watch the fruit. Watch the fruit. Archbishop Chaput said uh, once that when they asked him what's the best evangelistic program you know, he said get married, have a lot of kids, and bring them up in the Lord. That's the truth.
1: Wow, he he was our Archbishop here in Philadelphia. Really? Yeah, he was. I think he retired a couple. Was it last year? And now we have Archbishop Nelson Perez. But yeah, we miss Archbishop Chaput. Was wonderful. Yeah. And um, yeah, thank you so much for all that you shared. And um, I do have to mention, too, that you, when you gave the example of the, of the single woman and, and the older woman in the church, it uh, makes love me think that. also of the work that I do with the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation as we make outreach to Catholics who are affected by divorce and separation. So I love what oh. you're saying, too, because, you know, uh, the doors of the church are open to all. And so, thank you for sharing on that. People need to hear how much the church is there and how much the church cares, and is ministering to people affected by separation and divorce.
2: And you know, the thing is, thank is you. The, priest, the priest can't be that person for it for those people. Mm-hmm. You have to, you have to be that person. The priest is too busy. And like like Pope Francis said, we're a hospital.
1: Oh
0: yeah, We're, we're a
2: hospital on the front lines. But I also like what Bill mentioned too about the inner inner. ever ready battery energizer bunnies or whatever (laughs) that's what we call our mama bears we have a real heart for our. we call the women that follow our ministry our mama bears we we know that we run on their prayers we know it amen and see it and you know it when you when you're when we're up against a brick wall and it just melts away we know it's been a mama bear probably praying you know so, and people, women will say, well, what can I do for my husband? Well, I have some thoughts for them. Get them to watch the prime video show or accidentally turn on my radio show. Watch, watch long ride home with bear was like prime video, but, but you know what you can really do? Pray the rosary. Cause I mean, Amen. people think well, all I can do is pray. Do, do that. The, the rosary is the great, 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 great weapon. That's been wielded by women, especially. And now the men are picking up that weapon, but it's, uh, it's not a little thing that you're doing when you're praying the rosary for the men in your life. And then try to bring them to a men's group or just keep nudging them to do things. And sooner or later, they might say, or if you find a man that's a man of God, get them connected with that person somehow.
1: Mm.
2: And, you know, what we do with our men is we, uh, we encourage, we have a thing called Bears Man Cave. Um, it's, a, it's a private secret Facebook group. So you got to join by going to our website, deepadventure.com. But there's so many men uh, who are kind of on that bridge of, should I, they, they, they're they wanting to go deeper with God now. They're ready for that. But they may not know men even even where they live. And so, uh, or maybe they do. But they join the Spares Man Cave, and then we post encouraging things to each other. We ask for prayers. We I think of the men today. I have this thing in my blog, Bill, this, this week, I'm, my blog that's coming out it's a picture of, uh, what was his name, Darren? What was his name? From the Rebel Without a Cause, that biker. I forget his name now. Mm. And, a, and riding his motorcycle, sitting on his motorcycle with a cigarette. And then a metrosexual guy with kind of tight pants on a scooter. Mm. And and i kind of like, what's wrong with this picture? You know? Mm. And so men have been thrown under the bus. You know, Satan. Satan is a father, you know. He's a father of lies. But we who call ourselves fathers, um, it's not like God the Father is kind of like a father. That's why we call him that. He is the father of an eternally begotten son. And it's an honor to be called father. But Satan hates fathers. Satan really hates men. And so you've seen this big attack against men. so for the men out there that are feeling alienated, you're feeling like, You know, people say, tell us about masculine spirituality. I go, I don't know anything about masculine spirituality. I know about manliness. I know about manly virtue. I know about manly spirituality. But masculinity has, like, been co-opted. So those men who are knuckle-draggers, who are misfits, who don't feel like they belong, you belong in the man cave, bear's man cave. You know, King David had a cave, the cave of Adullam. And the people who showed up, there were people that owed money. Their mother-in-law hated them. You know, they were running from the law. (laughs) And God transformed those men into David's mighty men of valor. And so men, we like those kind of men that have been tough enough to kind of maybe, maybe they're stupid and tough, but at least tough enough to have taken on some challenges and lost a few battles and and now are ready to learn when I used to train people in martial arts, you'd every now and then you would get that guy that had been bullied and beat up a little bit. And now he was ready to learn uh, how to fight. And so we love those kind of men that have been beat up a little bit by life. You're ready to learn as a CPA. When someone comes to me and says, I got this great idea for a business. I'll listen. Then I'll say, well, how many businesses have you failed at before? None. This is my first one. I go, okay, well, Probably going to fail at this one. I don't tell them that, but I'll I'll show them where they're being somewhat naive. But when you have someone that's started a couple businesses and failed, or a man who's lived a life and he's failed a little bit, that man is ready to be a disciple and to learn and to come into the cave of Adullam with the Lord and have him. That's the guy that's ready to be trained to be a mighty man of valor. So don't think that it's, you know, people, people think oh i can't come i'm not worthy it's a come as you are party just be ready and willing and god god's saying come on in we're all bozos on the same bus come on in join us
1: awesome yeah I, i love your spirituality and um this is a great podcast so far is there anything else that um you think our audience might like to know as far as growing in faith? You know, last year wasn't easy for a lot of families, a lot of setbacks and things like that. But I know you're a person of adventure. And although it was probably a tough year for you, you probably took it as a challenge, right? Didn't you?
2: Well, it was an unusual year. I had cancer radiation and all of the infections I went along with it. And I'm doing totally doing great now and then i was out tanning with my wife and i i ripped my bicep loose and had to have it reattached and mm. and and the thing about it is when i started that 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 time of going through that i was ready for it physically right because i'm always if you're not getting better you're getting weaker whatever you're doing in life in your faith if you're not trying to get stronger trust me you're getting weaker as an athlete i know if I'm not trying to get stronger, I'm getting weaker. I, you know, uh and, and so so when that moment comes when you get chopped down, you can absorb that shock and come back. And the whole thing is is that is is you men, you know, we people ask me, what does it take to ride big waves? Like, like I said, my son's ridden 85-foot waves. I've ridden big waves, but not that big. But people say, What does it take to be a big wave rider? And I tell them, You should be able to paddle your surfboard for 20 miles because you can get caught outside right on a big day. It gets big and then gets bigger. Um, You should be able to hold your breath for the time it takes for the sun to hit the ocean at sunset and go under the sea, two minutes and 20 seconds. You should be able to dive down 20 feet, grab a boulder and run underwater. So that's my 20, 20, 20 rule. And I tell men and women too, the 20, 20, 20 rule to live your life by is you should be praying but 20, 20, 20, if you add to that as minutes, that's an hour. Maybe you do 20 minutes of, of the liturgy, of the hour in the morning or 20 minutes of mass or 20 minutes uh, uh, of the rosary in your afternoon break or while you're driving. But we need to press forward. We need to have an hour of prayer every day. My wife and I, I start out my morning with prayer. Then we and I, she and I meet for the liturgy, of the hours for coffee. And then in the evening, at the very end of the evening, we say the end of the liturgy the hours, but, and I have volumes and volumes of books. When I, in the man cave, we had a manly tune up every, every, every January, we go through a manly tune up. We talk about what's your situation with your finances? What's your situation with your love for your wife? What about your devotion to your family? What are you doing to, in your career? Is it out of whack or is, or do you need to press in there? But one of the things we ask people, what are you doing uh, to, to study your faith, to really know your faith? Faith-seeking understanding. So that 20-20-20 rule, if you can find a way to devote an hour a day to the Lord, and it may be while you're driving in the car listening to um, Scott Hahn's latest book on, on, on Audible. But continue to, if you're not getting stronger, if you're not getting stronger, you're getting weaker. And how do you get stronger is resistance training, right? That's how you get physically stronger. Your cardio gets stronger by by being in motion, you know, your your ha, your breath, you know, every area by by praying. So every as a Christian, you can't j- just sit still. You need to keep always pursuing to go deeper.
1: God loves I, I love it. I love it. it. I love challenge. Yeah, thank you. You're encouraging me, honestly. (laughs) And the idea, you mentioned Audible. I have to say it's one of my favorite things in the world.
2: (laughs) You know, I love (laughs) my books. My books are up on Audible too, but by the way, there's also another app called Audiobooks. Oh, okay. And it's free because any book that's out of copyright, people volunteer. So I've listened to the Summa twice. I've listened to several of St. Augustine's writing. I've listened to Uh, you know, even Aristotle, believe it or not, you know, so. Wow. Audiobooks.com. Yeah. Some of the people that read the books, like I think the one that does Teresa of Avila has a really lousy voice, but you can, you can, you know, so I usually go to sleep because I'm ADHD to the max. I'm listening right now to um, GK Chesterton's book on comparing Aquinas and, and St. Francis while I'm going off to sleep on audible, audible and audible. Do you know that, you know, I'm an author, I've written books. Do you know that back in those days, it was unheard of, and this is kind of a pun, to read a book silently. They're always meant to be read out loud.
1: Oh wow! Okay, no, and I did not know
2: faith, that. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So listen to the Bible on tape. Listen to mm. books on, on. I mean, on tape. Does that exist anymore? Listen yeah. to the book, and let the word just. When you're driving in your car, or when you're doing your run, or you're you know walking along the beach, running up the steps of the of of Philadelphia. Museum, doing your Rocky job Listen, yeah. listen, to, uh, listen to, listen to this podcast.
1: No, I love it, Bear. That is great advice, um, and I think it's true. You can do different things when you're listening to these books. So listen to Bear's book. Look him up on on Audible. Yeah. Right. Look him up on well, Audible
0: and listen to his book.
2: Yeah. Go to yeah. deepadventure.com and you can find every
0: everything that's there. Right. Yeah. Just gonna just gonna say, Bear, you know, let us, you know, let let, let let listeners know, but I mean it's very simple, deepadventure.com. It couldn't be easier, right? Uh to you know, to find everything that you have going on. And you know, you've again j- you just got such a deep spirituality, you know, and it and it goes to deep adventure ministries and everything else that 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 you do. Uh, and and I love the challenge, especially for men that you've that you've uh left us with, to to really uh you know, empower men to pray, you know, an hour every day. Twenty twenty. The rosary's the
2: best way to do it, men. Yeah. Pick up your weapon.
0: Yeah, and, and, and you know, carrying the rosary too. I know I I know you have some neat uh neat swag and, and, and neat um religious you know articles on your site too you want to tell us a little oh, bit yeah, about like that the,
2: stuff that rosary and i even have i'm a benedictine oblate also so i wear on my wrist the jesus beats well there, it's a it's jesus rope prayer from the monks of the desert would pray that the jesus prayer of course i have the exorcism ring that my wife bought me bracelet too but yeah man um find a way to be you know if you're going to be a man you know, it means you got to be disciplined you got to be a disciple. Have Like right behind me over there, behind me, you can't quite see my studio, but there's another chair. That's my prayer chair. You know, have a place and a time that you pray and that you study. Maybe it's down at the beach. You know, I went deeper with the Lord, Bill, because uh, a cigar takes about 50 minutes. (laughs) So having a cigar and reading through the length of that cigar, you don't have to punish yourself when when you're going deeper with the Lord. Find what works for you.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah
1: that's absolutely. great advice yeah it's got to be somewhat there's got to be some enjoyment in it right i mean so
2: dk chesterton said you know the pint what does it say bill the pint the 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 glass the pint the yeah. a cigar and uh and, and the, be, and the and word of god go, good together in <laughs> Catholicism. i don't get the word quite right but yeah i yeah I mean, Catholic on you guys have a shot of whiskey and, and read the catechism
0: yeah, and, and you know, and that's okay. You know, I mean, I think that's also one of the coolest things about, you know, your your ministry and your shoot is that you know you don't necessarily hide, you know shy away from that. You know, a lot of a lot of ministries are like, oh no, you know, don't donuts after mass. No, no, no. You're like, Let, let's go. No, that's
2: carbs, dude. I yeah. hate that when I go to a men's conference and I go, I always ask them, what are you going to have for breakfast? Oh, we got some donuts. And I go, don't don't even bother to feed them. Then just give them coffee because I don't want the my, the men and the men to be encouraged to. To eat bad carbs. Yeah, I'm gonna go golf with my son now. It's his twenty, his fortieth birthday, dude.
0: Oh, awesome, man! Yeah, happy no, birthday, it's, to no, that's son.
2: not awesome, Bill.
0: It's yeah, it is. Awesome. Come on, no, I, it's not. I, <laughs> I, I know that. Uh, I, God's I, blessed you. I, he has blessed yeah, you. But, <laughs> I know you're older, but 40. but you got why? But you've got wisdom, and that's the important like, thing.
1: That's right. Like, and you've taken yeah. such good care of yourself. That's an important part of being Catholic too: is being to active
0: isn't it witness
2: witness fitness to witness that's yeah right i agree with you, you if you're going to people what's my motivation to get in shape because you're going to die young or be disabled and not fulfill your mission your mission what's what's stronger than that and if you're if you're lethargic because you're eating too many carbs and you're not working out then you're not going to have the energy to do your mission you're going to be 70% 60% at best
1: yeah that's right you you got to keep going i mean one there- thing that bill and i not to make this podcast draw out too long with a long story but one of the things that drew us together was that we both had a setback with having to do with our hearts because oh really yeah yeah yeah, both of us and that was something that we had in common patchwork heart um i had uh gotten a disease after my second pregnancy called peripartum cardiomyopathy which i was cured from from the sacrament of the sick Ah, uh, thank God, the Lord, the Lord did cure me, but it did set me back a little bit, you know, for a little while. And um, I, I, you know, the, the, there's always going to be something that you got to overcome, right? So, and and I know Bill has had some uh, things, challenges as well in well, that my- whole in that whole realm. So both of us had that in common with uh, hearts, right?
0: Yeah, and, and but the beautiful thing, and the and the challenge that you leave us with, Bear, is that it's it's all about, you know. Making sure that that you overcome the challenges and continue to stay healthy in all aspects yeah. of your life, right? In all no aspects. matter what
1: you've been given, right? No matter what yeah.
0: happens, we're all rocky. Yeah. Well, that's I've got to right. stay in shape because I might have to run with you again on the long ride home. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah.
1: right. And tell him one more bit of news, Bill. I don't know if he knows that. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. Bear, uh,
0: <laughs> my my uh, my son is going to be born uh, in early May. <laughs> uh okay,
2: I, I knew I knew you had a baby Kevin. yeah you're
0: yeah, gonna a name baby. him uh so we yeah yeah we do have a name picked out and we have um his name is gonna be elvin Francisco uh after wow. a, after my wife's uh father uh who he was elvin and then uh, which by the way means noble friend uh, it, it wow. means noble friend and then um Francisco because uh we're both uh, pretty Pretty uh, heavily uh, devoted to um, St. Francis, and also I think my wife's grandfather, uh, my, you know, my wife's uh, grandfather, was also named uh, Francisco. So uh, I remember
2: when we were in Rome, the children were there at the audience. Papa Francesco, Papa Francesco. Yeah. Well, I got to run because I had to go play I golf, and I was going to thank at, you, at,
1: Bear. This has been amazing.
2: Awesome. I he said he was gonna name the baby after me if I changed my name to Lilo. So I'm not <laughs> ditching. Lilo <it's> ditch. <laughs> well no. okay, w- Dude, thank aloha. you. Aloha.
0: aloha. Aloha. Oh my gosh. Well, what a great episode, and thank you uh, so very much uh, as always for um for for doing this uh with us and aloha. I gotta run, aloha. he's downstairs. All right, man. All right. We'll see you. Thank you. And uh, as Bear is always uh, doing, uh, always on the go. And it's so wonderful to have him, uh, even for even for the short hour that we have him for. So thank you uh, to Bear mm-hmm. Wozniak. Uh, and, and Anne, it's always great to have you on.
1: Oh, you too, Bill. Yeah, the, uh, Selling Hope is just wonderful. And, and always looking forward to the wonderful guests. Oh, yeah. And now I just want to give people also a heads up that they can look forward to something coming in the spring. Uh, we have a special podcast series coming for the beatitudes as well so keep an eye on the sewing home podcast as bill and i will be unpacking the beatitudes starting in may of 2021 just two months away
0: yes yeah definitely may uh it will, will be the time when elvin is born so uh, we're gonna, uh, we're we're not gonna leave you orphan though. I mean, you know, just because uh, I am, you know, going to be with the new adventure of fatherhood, we're not gonna leave our listening audience orphan. And so Anne and I are just re- pre-recording a, 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 some awesome episodes and doing the Beatitudes series, uh, and I'm, and and we'll probably have a few others ready to go too. But um, but yeah, just just stay tuned and you know follow our ministry. Uh, we got a lot of exciting things going on at Patchwork Heart Ministry, at uh, the St. Raymond and Honest Foundation. We have a lot going on, a lot of good things.
1: Yeah, we really do, Bill. Thank so, you so much to everyone course. and to you, Bill, for being a wonderful host.
0: <laughs> of course. Well, and likewise, uh, it's awesome to co-host this with you. And until next time, folks, we really, really appreciate you listening. But continue to spread the word of God. And as always, keep beating to that Catholic heart, sowing hope into broken hearts. We will see you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sewing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at pwhministry.org or Andy Santis, too.